Though we're apart these days, we're sharing more. So at Geico, we'd like to say thanks. Thanks for sharing your savage dance moves. Thanks for sharing your DIY haircut fails. Thanks for sharing your inner lip sync star. Now it's our turn to share with the Geico Give Back, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. Because we're committed for the long haul, the 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for more info and eligibility. Hey, everybody. Erin uh, McGaffey here, host of This Feels Terrible. I have uh, one week left. We have one week left. There's one week left of our promotion with adamandeve.com, the super sexy love site, uh, which is what I'm calling it. Uh, it's a great promotion <laughs> if you are in the need of condoms or adult movies, um, parodies, porn parodies, uh, always, always fun for you and your buddies. If you're having a birthday party, um, try it. Just see what happens. Pop in a porn parody. The promotions uh, remains pretty awesome. Uh, you get 50% off of anything in the entire store. And then it, you also get uh, a free gift and you get three free adult DVDs and you get to pick which ones those are, including the hilarious porn parodies. All you have to do is go to adamneve.com and type in the word terrible at checkout and uh, you'll be doing me a favor and you'll be doing your love life a favor. Adamandeve.com. <laughs> and now here's the show. Erin again. Uh, now this is the show. Uh, this week I have on the show uh, the really kind, hilarious, uh, smart, cool, um, fantastic uh, Colin Hanks. You know him from The Good Guys. You know him from Mad Men, uh, countless other things. He's he's awesome. Um, we sat down and we had a really nice conversation and, uh, I don't want to waste any more time getting to it. So here's my interview with Colin Hanks. I, I got a job that took me to London. I was going to go to London. I was very excited. I'd worked in London before. And like when I was growing up and when I say growing up, I mean, ostensibly like a high school and college sort of felt like You're I always coming of, age. coming of age as I was coming <laughs> of age as I was growing into a man child um, I always had a girlfriend I was sort of a very monogamous type person I wasn't mm -hmm. sort of a I wasn't a dude really and so um, so I was never really fancied myself you know, the ladies' man, or really able to, I don't know, like, if date is the word, or close the deal, right. whatever term bed. you want, bed down, slay, slay, yeah, puss, uh, pockets. you know, seduce, whatever the term you want to use. One. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, never really been very, it's never been my forte. Okay. So... Uh, 
after I had gotten out of like a, a pretty serious relationship, eh, this is early twenties. Um, I sort of, I didn't, I, I don't want to say like I went crazy, but I just sort of went like, okay, I'm not going to be dating anybody for the foreseeable future. Right. Hopefully I'll still be able to have fun with ladies, but uh, <laughs> dating is not necessarily a super priority. Right. <laughs> you're so worried that you're going to sound slutty or something. Yeah. I, I don't want to be slutty. I'm, I'm not a slut. I'm not slutty. No. So, um, because I'm not slutty. <laughs> I'm right. really, I'm really not. You want to be a swinging bachelor. I, I want to, yeah. A... You always want to be the cool swinging bachelor, and I'm, I'm not, as my wife can attest. So I hope so. <laughs> yes, she, yes, she most definitely can. So, I got this job in London, and I remember telling a bunch of my friends like, I am going to find. I called it my white tiger. <laughs> I want to find a British, uh, an English woman. Well, not even an English woman. I want to find my white tiger. I want to find a woman who is Asian, but Uh speaks with an English accent. (laughs) You you and that one sentence have gone from sounding like the nicest, coolest sweater wearing guy to the (laughs) filthiest, most shallow. It was was not one of my better. My white tiger. The theory being... (laughs) The theory being that you're sort of knocking out two birds with one stone. Right. Um, and that the white tigers, you know they exist in the wild, but very rarely do you see them. <laughs> you're not even sure if they exist. Right. But surely they must. Right. Uh, maybe this is a dumb question, but is white tiger a term for like a, an English-speaking Asian person? No. No? I, oh, okay. I just dubbed it that. Right. I don't, okay. I'm not sure. Appropriate. Um I just called it my white tiger. Sure. Like it was my, you know. Yeah, still, it's still yours. It's like, uh, I've never read it, but, uh, you know, Captain Ahab's Moby Dick. Like it was his, Mm -hmm. the thing. Oh, okay. uh, The white whale that he, that drove him crazy. Maybe it's just (laughs) like white and then an animal. Maybe that's like the, the, the connection that I'm making. Right. But so that was sort of my, that was my quest. Mm hmm. And so I go to London, uh, and it's amazing, and I have a great time there, and mm-hmm. I have a, a, a bunch of friends there, so I have, like, a social circle that I sort of fall into. Mm-hmm. Because I am going back to my sweater vest man. Right. Uh, personality. Uh, I'm not, like, I have to know somebody. I have to have, like, some sort of, I can't just talk to a stranger. Right. Um or at least I couldn't at this stage. I'm okay with it now, but that's because I'm not trying to be cool. I've just sort of accepted my geekiness. <laughs> and so um, I was introduced to a very nice, lovely, charming woman who will rename, uh, will rename, will, <laughs> Let's will rename remain nameless. Well, we've yeah. already named her. She's my white tiger. White tiger. Okay. And we sort of start... I don't know what you want to call it. We're not seeing each other. Right. It's not like we're not going on dates. We're not doing anything like that. But it's like we're hanging out together Uh with groups of people, you know. uh, Hey, you know, do you want to go check this thing out tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, sure. You know, it's it's all very casual and and not. Is it? Are you are you kissing the tiger? 
Well, we get to the point where we start, where I, we start, you know, having those kinds of relations, and right. it's nice. Um, but this thing happens that ruins, and there's nothing that she really did wrong, right. although it is specifically something that she she did that is me at my absolute most. It's my George Costanza moment, essentially, which is she would call and leave messages for me using a Japanese accent. (laughs) Now, because she knew it was for sale. No, I don't know. I mean, she I never told her. her I never told her about the white tiger, <laughs> and I never told her about like the whole thing of like Asian right. woman, yeah, English accent. Like, I never discussed that with her because, quite frankly, I'm classy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell her that. Certainly, you're, uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell her that. And you're so, calling a woman an animal's name. You're the king of class. Well, you, clearly, my logic is not necessarily super solid here, but um. She would leave these messages where she would be like, because she was Japanese by, mm-hmm. by descent, but, but raised in, in England. And she would say like, hello, Corinne. Like, you know, the full on, <laughs> as only she can is right, allowed right. to do, you know. And that bit no was probably pronou- her bread and butter, right? Like, I think that that was like her go-to. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was like... The cute thing that she does, you know, yeah. where it's like, oh, well, I'm part Japanese, so I'm going to, you know, not pronounce my L's and, you know, hello, Colin. I mean, those are three right there that right. you're going to hit with a hard R. <laughs> and it just, for whatever reason, like really annoyed me. It's like, it's like <laughs> no, no, I don't. Like when I would pick up the phone or, you know, when I knew that there was a voice message, I'm like, oh, she's going to do the thing. And and then I just got to get through the hello, Colin, and then we'll be okay. Um, and that and, you know, we saw each other for a little bit of time and then eventually I sort of came back home and, and that, mm-hmm. that was just sort of it. it. It wasn't like a real. Let her back out into the wild. No. Well, I think she. Quite honestly, I think she sort of let me back to the playpen and said, <laughs> you go back and sort of do whatever you do because, um, you know, I, I was young and, and not necessarily, uh, yeah, I was just really sort of stupid, to be quite honest. I mean, really, I mean, right. my my knowledge of how to relate to women, how to communicate with women, how to convey my wants or needs to a woman. I mean, I was just not, I was ill-equipped. I was not, and I I had never really been prepared and and all of the relationships that I had prior to that, whether they be really serious or not, I I just didn't, you know, I was always behind the curve. I think Mm -hmm. that's the best way I can describe it. Like in every sort of relationship that I had with a woman, I was always sort of behind did you ever consider with the tiger telling her that you didn't, she didn't have to uh, leave leave messages in that accent or call you in that I accent? W- I, there was a part of me that really wanted to, but then I, I just kept going back to Seinfeld. It's like, well, how do you have that conversation? Right. Like, what do I do? Like, mm-hmm. do I say like, hey, listen, don't, don't do the <laughs> Japanese 
accents. Like that's it would like, be really I had no way of like like how would you do that? Yeah. Well, and how would you do that without her thinking that you hated her heritage? Exactly. <laughs> There's no easy way around it and, you know, quite frankly, it's not like um the best way I can describe it, it's not like uh it's not like the two of us were outright lying to each other, but it's not mm-hmm. like we were openly honest with each other. Right. About like what we, was going on about because what you was were going there on. working. Yeah, like, we were and, just like, not talking about it. It was right, just like right, right. we're not talking about things really. Yeah. We're just sort of sp- spending time together. Yeah. That's really sort of the best generic way that I could sort of place gotcha. it. So like And if she's not gonna be the mother of your kids, why why do renovations in that house if you're just gonna stay there for a little while? Well not even that. It's it was really those are your words, not mine. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. I, I guess for me, yeah, I guess you could sort of say that. I guess, yeah. I mean, I think at that stage in my life, I was sort of like very much um, not interested in trying to act like label things and not interested in like actually trying to like think things out. It was more just right. like, I just want to try to enjoy the time that I have at this time right now. and. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like that, like prior to me going to London and, and, and doing like, you know, cause I was, I kind of saw someone before I left and then I, I was just sort of like, I'm not writing home. Like I'm not, I, I, I this is not that part of my life right now. This yeah. was sort of like, kind of like a summer camp relationship. It was a summer camp relationship. Yeah. And I, I was just sort of like going through my life at that time in that way because my life can be very compartmentalized like that. Right. I mean, at that point I had started working so it was like, yeah, it's like that same summer camp thing. It's like, oh, well, this is a job. This job is going to end. It's a summer... It's like my summer job. You know, it's it's that same sort of thing. Mm. Um, Long flash forward years and I've had a string of really I mean the awkward for me quasi relationships Hmm. and by quasi relationships it's basically just not even real relationships it's just like me trying to have relations with people and it's not it doesn't really work out does does that make any sense um, well I mean that uh seeing a girl for a few weeks and then mm-hmm. it falling apart. Right. And how how would it fall apart usually? Like what was the what was the pattern? It ended up really pretty much just being me running away and dropping off the face of the earth. Okay. So you'd be interested in someone and then and then she would like you back and then you'd start feeling uh, stir crazy or or like uncomfortable. Not even that. No, like, let me tell you how you felt. Uh <laughs> Well, it was not, you know, I'm not even sure if it was like, um, not even sure if it was like liking me back. I mean, it was liking me back enough, but like mm-hmm. the way I sort of describe it is like, okay, if it was really anything, I sort of feel like it's a bunch of kids in their early to mid twenties trying to have casual sex with each other and it just not right. working out. Right. Like, I think that's really what that was that's interesting um and me knowing that i'm not good at you know having tr- sex <laughs> trying to be casual about oh, okay i literally thought you were about to no no no, no, no. <laughs> but like no but that's why i said like 
prior, I had been always been very monogamous, and it was just like my mm -hmm. girlfriend, and that would be sort of that I would be focused on on that, you know. And so, like being casual about having these sort of intimate relations with people, I was not very good at. I was not. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have uh, because you couldn't just let it be casual, or you. I just thought yeah i don't know i'm not sure if it was like i couldn't let it be casual or i couldn't be casual right. or well, i was trying to be i mean really when yeah. i when i like break it down mm -hmm. i was trying to be someone that i'm not right it so went against everything that i sort of felt seemed like the right way to do things i see am i Am I like the worst guest ever? Am no. I, is, is any of this making any sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, this uh, all comes to a point. There's uh -huh. a there's a resolution to this. Yes. I had had like a string of these sort of non-relationship relationship encounters, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. And um, trysts. Trysts. Um, in which, quite frankly, there's probably a handful of, of people that, that really are like, Colin Hanks, fuck that guy. That guy's an <laughs> asshole. Right. Um, and not for anything that I said or, but more probably like the stuff that I didn't say. You know, it was just not really present. I wasn't really being an, an open, honest person because I don't know how you can be an open and honest person and just be having casual sex. I really, I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, that's something for like, you know, a Sex in the City episode. Uh, and so I get back to, uh, I had went out and, and had this job and had sort of like one of these sort of miserable experiences with somebody. And then um, I'm sure it was, it was miserable for me, um, which is purely all my fault. And uh, I came back and, and, uh, and the white tiger was in Los Angeles. So <laughs> I met up with the white tiger and we had, we had a, a, a night <laughs> together that because I was sort of homeless at the time and was sort of couch surfing and she was sort of couch surfing, we ended up like getting a motel room like mm -hmm. across from where they shoot uh, The Price is Right. I mean, this right, is like, this yeah. is like a, a roach Fairfax. motel. Yeah, it was like a roach motel. I remember because I turned on the light in the bathroom and like a roach was like <laughs> <laughs> carrying his bags out. Yeah. And we have this sort of, I don't know, we have, yeah, a night. And um, like the next morning as we're leaving, you know, sort of like hungover and both feeling sort of uncomfortable because we're both sort of in weird places anyways. Yeah. Um, you know, I have this guy coming up to me going like, so are you going to the prices, right? Like <laughs> this guy had like come from Iowa and it was his dream to go to the prices, right? And ah, dream he big, just, dream big. Yeah. He just thought everyone staying at that hotel, of course, is staying because it's the closest hotel. Yeah. And he was probably right. I'm sure there were quite a few people that were staying there. I'm sure that's the only reason why the, that specific place exists. That in these sort of non-steamy trysts that people have <laughs> when they don't have a, a house to go back to. And um, so anyways, so we sort of say our goodbyes and, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's awkward and weird. And I uh, go to um, a little coffee shop 
over on Pico. And I am sort of sitting there going like, what am I doing? Like, this is another, you know, I found myself yet in another scenario where I'm not feeling good about myself. I'm not feeling like I was fair to this other human being. I don't feel like whatever the the goal of this Mm -hmm. is supposed to be this is obviously like i'm not getting that yeah and if and if i am well my god this is horrible right because it's not really worth it yeah exactly and um, Todd phillips yeah just kidding wink wink todd phillips (laughs) did you know that he was like a cab driver on taxi cab confessions no, I didn't yeah. know that. He was a he, yeah one of the early taxi cab confessions. Wow. He's the one of the taxi drivers. You just sat there while people were blowing each other. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to remember like what it was. I remember like watching it one night, going, "I think that's Todd Phillips." And I tweeted out, and I pretty much just got a bunch of replies like, "Hey, pervert, why are you watching taxi cab confessions?" <laughs> okay, great. Ugh. It's one of those one of those taboo Twitter topics. Um, <laughs> and so um, anyway, so I'm sitting there going like, "What am I doing?" And I had, um, uh, before I had reconnected with the White Tiger here in Los Angeles, I had gone to a, a barbecue with, that a bunch of friends had, had thrown. And I ran into this, this, uh, this woman, this girl, who I had met numerous times. She went to college with my old roommate. We sort of knew each other through mm-hmm. a bunch of different people. And... She was really cool. I never really thought that much about her. Um, but she always just sort of struck me as a really sort of very easygoing, nice person. But I never, I knew her, I knew of her, but I didn't really know who she was. It was just sort of, thing. and honest to God, like, as I'm sitting there going, like, I need to stop doing this. I, 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 like, I need to just be honest at all times with myself with whoever I'm with because me trying to be cool or trying to say the right thing just means I'm going to say the wrong thing. Um, and you know, I should, you know, I like, who should I, you know, what kind of person should I be seeing? And this woman came walking uh, down the, like, I look out the window and there's this woman, Mm -hmm. Sam. And I go, that's the kind of person that I should be. I don't know why, but it was like, that's the kind of girl that I should be honest with. Like, she's good. She's nice. I've heard nothing but good things about her. I've always liked her. Um, She seems sweet. Um... I don't, it's, and this sounds so weird because it sounds like I'm saying like, I don't know this person, I should date this person. That's not what it was. But you you were familiar with her. But I was familiar with her and I was just like, you know, stop trying to like, go like, reach for the stars with people that are not the kind of person that you are compatible with. Like, I think this kind of person is compatible. So we saw each other and she came and sat down and she's like, what are you doing here? Because I was living in Santa Monica at the time and this is over by the price is right. <laughs> and, um, and at that moment I said, okay, like if I'm going to do this, like I have to start now, like yeah. being t- 
totally honest and upfront and not hiding anything, mm-hmm. not lying about things like, you know, I don't have to tell her everything, but I don't have to lie or try to be cool. Right. That was really it. It was just like, whatever my first instinct is, don't follow that instinct. <laughs> uh, and so I told her about the motel and who I was with and da 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 da. And uh, that honesty, I think, was a little weird, but yeah, I think she kind of thought it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, she's my wife now. Yay. And we have a kid. Yeah. And it's sort of like, I think I had to go through all of those sort of horrible. I had to go through all those horrible moments f- in order to get to, like, the thing. Right. And for me, that thing is is you have to sort of be honest and not be afraid to not be cool or saying the right things or try to say the thing that's going to get the thing that you want. It's not, I'm not interested in, yeah. in, like, having, like, those ulterior motives and, well, and stuff you, like that. You started out by treating your now wife as a partner and as a yeah. peer because you were totally honest with her. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I'm not married to my boyfriend, but our first, like, I ran into him at a, didn't run into him at a brunch, but... He did a show that I, the live version of the show, mm-hmm. and then afterwards had my phone number and I went on, uh, like months later, I went on one of the worst, like I had been dating a guy for like a few weeks and then the final night of that was one of the worst uh, nights of of my life and I had puked in my hands and it was terrible. I kind of want to have him as a guest on the show if you can get him on because he's a comic, but... Uh, one of the worst nights ever, and then uh, I got the a text. other side of the uh, the evening. Yeah, yeah. And I um, in the morning I was so hungover, and I got a text from Dan saying I'm having brunch at Little Dom's uh, with some friends. If you're free, and I had mm. never hung out with him before, and I just sat down and told them this terrible story. <laughs> and uh, it, it's like a nice, it's a nice way to start, like revealing your faults it's so yeah. much better than coming in and saying like hey like ugh, i just got done building a carriage for my future lady if you're interested <laughs> if you like carriages well it's just like uh, you know I, I just am always fascinated by the amount of time and energy that people spend mm-hmm. trying to show other people who they are and what they are yeah and so much of that is really kind of just like an just a waste of energy. I don't know. Maybe for me, I think I just got tired of it. Not only like physically, but I also just realized like, again, it was just like, I'm not, the results are not satisfactory to me. All right. How old were you when you met your wife? Mm, 26, 27. So I, you know, it had been a good like four years and look, if those are supposed to be my wild years, they are not that wild. Like, they're not, you know, the crazy, zany time. But I think, I don't know, for lack of a better thing, and without sounding too cheesy, like, I feel like I learned a little bit each time. And really what I learned was like, okay, here's what not to do. Yeah. Here's how not to act. Here's what not to do. Because, I mean, some of them are really sort of... Awkward. I mean, some of them are just stupid. Some of these moments. <laughs> there was one moment this girl really, really liked me. She, 
she really, really liked me. She wanted to come home with me. I didn't have, I didn't have the balls to say no. Oh no! So I <laughs> pretended to act too drunk, <laughs> and I like we walked back, and I was like, "Oh, what's going on?" And she still came home with me, and we still <laughs> hooked up afterwards. And I was oh, just like, no. afterwards, I'm just like. What is this? Like, what am I doing? Like, this is silly. Well, and acting drunk was counterintuitive because you probably felt that you were a little iffy. And then once you started acting drunk, she was probably like, all right. All right. I'm going to get some some sloppy, (laughs) sloppy kisses here. Oh, yeah. Was just sort of like. At least get a cuddle. (laughs) Get a least. It's just weird. It's just, I just realized that I, you know, I think of more than anything else is just sort of really sort of coming to terms. Well, not coming to terms, but really sort of understanding like who, how I really am. Like, yeah. What I really like, what my likes are. That's why it's called dating. Oh, it's called dating. Yeah. And, you know, um, without saying that we found like, you know, the key to a happy marriage because no one will, but like, because we started off like that, we sort of feel like, and again, this is going to sound cheesy, but because we started off like that, we sort of feel like we can sort of handle mm-hmm. as much, like whatever comes our way, we at least are going to be able to say like, look, here's the deal. Right. We have a term for it. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, I love it. We call it colontology. Because <laughs> um, I had this idea of um, trying to... <laughs> Uh, this idea this of this is so stupid. Uh, I had this idea of uh, putting up a bunch of stickers that said colontology uh-huh. on stop signs uh-huh. um, so that it said stop colontology just as a way of like, just so that people would go, what the fuck is that? Like, what right. is colontology? It and doesn't have to be anything to anybody. Gotcha. But for me, I'd sort of come up with this, you know, uh, silly worldview of just like and we call it colontology which is just like look when you say the word colontology it means i'm being very very serious i'm being honest right there is no right answer no not no not even narcissistic no i mean like i'm I'm teasing you because you named the term after yourself yeah i know it's it's it is narcissistic. (laughs) you're the only person to to be honest it is yeah it's it is Albeit, it was more of a joke more than anything to be taken literally. But like, Colin has all this literature in front of him uh, with his face really, on it. It's and really like. great. You, you got to learn it, dude. It's so amazing. You should come. We do a great brunch. It's fantastic. Um, but like, uh, it's basically that sort of line where you go. Um, you. It's basically you just say, okay, Colontology, Like, this is how I'm feeling about this, mm-hmm. and you can't be angry about it. You can't judge it like this is I'm being honest with you and that is the most important thing at this exact moment Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and you know that was pretty much sort of the term it's stupid but it's 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 the shorthand that that we have where we just sort of say like look this is really important to me I don't know what it means yet but that Mm -hmm. honesty we that that's the first thing that you have to like build on and right. then let's try and find out what the solution is or what the answer is or what we're going to do or how you're going to feel or any like let's start having that conversation whatever that is yeah. but like it's true I think That's I've great. had too much whiskey to be able to <laughs> uh, you've only had a bottle 
just a bottle. Yeah, that JD. Just a large pint um, bottle. I, I think that's great. I, uh, Dan and I have a... This is this is Dan's phrase. I repeat it all the time. Is pickles, that pickles. Uh, is that there's no there's no right or wrong in love. There's only honest and yeah. dishonest. Yeah, which is such a freeing thing because uh-huh. we really, you know, everybody's been in a dishonest relationship, and it just it just hurts everyone. It just hurts, and it just doesn't accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. It just it just really doesn't accomplish anything. And I think that was the thing that I sort of. It took me a while to sort of realize, but I was just not accomplishing anything. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't fulfilling. Again, like the thing that you hope for, the thing that you really want is really just to have some sense that the other person, that you have something in common, that there's some mm-hmm. connection there, whatever it is, you know, she understands that I like sports. Great. You yeah. know, like that's not, you know, something that is just totally dismissed as like, oh, that's fucking stupid. I hate that. And it's like, well, no, it's not fucking stupid because it's something that I, and this is just an example, but right. it's not fucking stupid because it's something that I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you say to your wife, could you stop being such a dumb bitch because I am watching hockey? Yes. And she, I feel, colontology, I feel like you're being a bitch right now. She doesn't understand my obsession with hockey. We bonded watching basketball. She's my wife is actually a huge sports fan. Oh, nice. Um, and so I don't know I said nice like I'm your bro. She's like, oh, cool, nice. Bro. Oh, <laughs> cool, like bro. Nice. I, I don't know anything about sports. That's choice. Ah, cool. oh, nice. So nice. She makes she makes uh, good snacks too. Nice. Right? <laughs> she makes good snacks. But so we watch sports together. So that's cool. That is cool. I enjoy it. She yeah. enjoys it. We and it's something to talk about. Um, finally, finally. <laughs> uh, Sick of talking she, about that daughter. She doesn't understand uh, my obsession with hockey. I am obsessed with hockey, so she just goes, "That's fucking stupid." Uh, I have a question for you. Um, I'm a Sagittarius and never on Sundays. Oh, uh, I'm also a Sagittarius. November, December, early oh, December. Okay. When's your birthday? November twenty fourth. Huh? I'm they tell me I'm on the cusp. Uh, they tell me I'm a, I'm, my birthday is December 5th. I know nothing about astrology. You're on the other cusp. <laughs> I am on the I'm other guessing. cusp. Yeah, we're cusp buddies. Cusp buddies. Polar cusp we're buddies. Cuspies? Cuspies? Could we? That sounds Maybe? gross. Cu- yeah, that does. Or great. Or cute. Like a cookie. <laughs> Cuspies. Like, I, I think a cuspy is like a ginger cookie with tiny little chocolate. It's, it's a cuspy. It's like a Canadian cookie. It's just a little bit of chocolate just on the edges. Yeah. That's oh, that's yeah. like a great cookie. Yeah. Yeah. My birthday falls in that. Do you remember a couple years ago or a few years ago where there was there they were like, oh, there's a new sign and it starts with an O. There's like a week oh. and a half where the earth is actually not in the spot where we thought it was. And I'm in that like week and a half. It's my, it's my like claim to the fame. Astrological leap year. Is that what that is? Yes, kind of. It's like the astrological gap, but the astrology community uh, rejected it, and they're like, "We're just gonna go with what we uh, what we were doing," because <laughs> it's a science. It's a science. Is it? No, it's not. I mean, it's I not mean, a science. Totally, no, I think it's. I think it's uh, really silly. I think it's it is very silly. Yet so much, you know. So many uh, 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 newspaper so many columns. So many well, calendars. I was yeah. <laughs> I was going to say so many uh, love advice columns, call-in right. programs, things of that nature. Now podcasts right. such as this really 
invest a lot of time and energy in what do you all right all you aries out there <laughs> tonight's your night it's call uh, to arms what are what's the colontologist stance on astrology uh bullshit Okay. <laughs> None of that stuff matters. Um, my like, question- oh, I'm a Leo. I don't care. That's all it is. Yeah, they're, they're straight shooters, yeah. contologists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my question is this: I, uh, I before before our interview, I googled Colin Hanks and just to see like if because you've been in the in the public eye for long enough that people probably care who you've dated. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. So, um, so it's good. You could, listeners, you can look up who Colin's dated. It's yes. not really what this question's about. I, I was just wondering because this is something I think about a lot. Not a lot. This is something I've thought about six times. A few times. A few. I think literally six times. All right. Not important. Um, when. Like when people aren't public figures, it's kind of a big deal when you announce to your friends, like, this is my boyfriend, this is my girlfriend. Like when you're seen together or like now there's, you know, social networking and Facebook and stuff. When you are like in these, I wonder like when you're a public figure, like at what point do you say like, oh, come with me to this event? Like people are going to think that we're dating. Does it take longer Oh, I don't know. I avoided having to make those kind of decisions. But you were photographed with some some lovely lady actresses. Yeah, your girlfriends. Uh, one of them. Well, I don't know. I I don't. I don't have an answer to that because I think each time is really different. I mean, I I I was always sort of um, not necessarily into I, I'm not really necessarily super into like going to premieres and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, I mean that that's where you've probably seen some of the photos yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, you know I, I don't know for me it was sort of different like um, uh, one of my uh, like when I started like professionally acting the, the girl that I was seeing we had started sort of getting jobs at the same time uh, we knew each other in college and then we started uh, okay. getting work at the same time. So then we started going to events and it was just sort of like this weird extension mm-hmm. of what our life was like in college. So it, it, that didn't necessarily seem all that strange. Right. Um, and then there were maybe a handful of s- circumstances where maybe I sort of... R- avoided those moments because it sort of mm-hmm. seemed loaded a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That's what I was. It just sort of, se- yeah. Like a look, not to get into the like, man, being well known sucks, but there is like this added like weight to those yeah. small kinds of things. Do you know what I mean? And it's not even that that's a small thing. It's a very big deal. Like yeah. saying like, I've been spending time with this person and by simply announcing it is saying a great deal about that's about as big of a commitment as we're making to each other at this moment but we're still like doing that and that must put I would guess that that would put extra pressure on your relationship where like if something was to come up yeah aren't you gonna take me to this thing like yeah a great time together yeah there's definitely there's definitely that I mean um I've only really had to deal with it 
not even not even if six is numerous then not even numerous times like i've probably only really had to deal with this maybe two or anywhere between i'd say two to four two to four two to four if i had to put uh numerological (laughs) you were drunk no i'm not drunk i'm just saying saying like um I (laughs) i was trying to go for a joke and it wasn't it wasn't Landing in my mouth. Um, yeah, <laughs> landing in my mouth. Uh, yeah, I was trying to. Maybe think that's it. the problem. You're worried about it landing in your mouth and not like in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you're worried about your teeth audience. Well, yeah, yeah, my teeth audience. They're well, they're a chattering bunch. Um, How did you know that you wanted to marry your wife, Sam? Uh, and and when? How did you find out? And when? What instrument did you use to measure? Trumpet. Um, <laughs> I, uh, it was funny. I told her, (laughs) I told her, uh, once we had started seeing each other for a while and she, we were having like that first conversation of like, all right, like this is going really, really well. So let's get to know each other. Like marriage, like, are you into it? Are you not? Podcast listeners, I want to know Colin's like bobbing. I'm bobbing and leaving. (laughs) Moving around a little bit. That's part of the conversational thing. It's jazz head. Um, And uh, I said, five years. She said, what? I said, it would take me probably about five years (laughs) to, to like, I would have to spend five years with somebody to then, like, that would be as long as it would take. Mm. And then I would propose or we would get married or whatever. She was always like, what? really, five years? That seems like a long time. I go, no, there's a lot that you can fit into there. You mm-hmm. know, and there's a, you got to ramp up to moving in with somebody and then getting to know each other's family and getting to know each other's friends. And there's a lot of stuff. Right. And um, every year that we weren't, not every year that we weren't married, but every, like, every year around an anniversary or so, my wife would go like, so are we any closer? Like, Could she not do the math? No, she knew the math, but she was just oh, like okay. not, like she was, she just, and I say this with all love, but mm-hmm. like she was, there was no question. She's like, she wanted to get married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, good for her and good for you or not like being scared yeah, away and, and I And I pretty much just sort of said like, mm, no, we're still right where we are and then. She would start crying, and I would have ruined another you know, oh. dinner. Um, but I think, you know, honestly, for me, it was uh, the the uh, you know I I think that uh, deep down, I, I just sort of realized that I had gotten to know someone so well and so um, so intimately that she she's my best friend. Like yeah. she just knows how I handle with like. If something happens, or if somebody says something, or there's some instance where where, where something goes down, she already knows how I'm going to react. Mm-hmm. And in those instances, if it's something really bad, and she already knows, like, this isn't going to go well, and, and I need to help him, mm-hmm. like, that's the definition of the person you want in your corner. Mm-hmm. And I feel this, and I feel that I'm that person for her as well. So I think that's really what it is. is once I just sort of realize, like, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not really gonna know anyone better than I know this person, 
And more importantly, I don't want to know anyone better than I know her. That's nice. I think that was really sort of it. Did you propose after five years? I proposed at year four. All right. And right after I proposed, I said, (laughs) you know, ironically, by the time we get married, it will have been five years. And she said, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, She's she's weeping. She's like, I know. Shut up. (laughs) Uh, How did you propose? Uh, I was doing a play in New York and... um, Job brag. Total job brag. Um, But uh, no... What what play were you doing? I was doing a play uh, called 33 Variations. Oh. Moises Kaufman uh, directed it and wrote it and Jane Fonda was in it. Heard of her? <laughs> you and, said that. Uh, so, I know you didn't mean to say Jane that like an Fonda. asshole. Jane Fonda ever heard of her? Oh, I, uh, I, she's I was a actually, very famous. Actress. I was actually going for like fucking Jane Fonda, right. you know, <laughs> Jane Fonda. Yeah, that's um, crazy. What was that like working with Jane Fonda? It was all right. Did you watch Barbarella before? I didn't know. Did? I have not really. I had never really seen a much Jane Fonda. I've like I knew who she was, but right. I'd never really seen a lot of her stuff. I was actually more excited because Samantha Mathis was in, was uh, was in it. She's great, and I had a super crazy crush on Samantha Mathis. Did you a date kid. her? No. Oh, weird. well, she was one of the two people who came up when I googled. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, but she's great. I like her a whole lot. Yeah, Pump Up the Volume was like one of my favorite movies. Yeah, Little Women. I mean, ah, yes. Yeah. I didn't really spend a lot of time watching Little Women, but yes, I can understand. <laughs> she was an American that Psycho. Be. That's true. That. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, but anyways, anyway. the, the 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 reason why I, I mentioned the the play was there was so much. There's always so much uh, stress with you know how you how you propose. Yeah. And everyone, it's the. Well, I wouldn't first know, fucking I guess, question. Yeah. No, but it's yeah. the first question. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. I proposed to so-and-so. Oh, how'd you do it? Right. It's, per- it's the biggest thing. And there's always this, uh, this time, uh, this was like, I, I believe that once you get married, and this is going to sound silly, but once you get married and once you have a kid, that's the end of like the letting people psych you out about shit do you know what I mean that's not Mm -hmm. really a big deal it's like god how many times are they gonna say like when are you gonna get married like it doesn't fucking matter right and so many people waste so much time and energy going like God, when are we going to get married? When are we going to have kids? It doesn't matter. And so, so I you mean was that like spending, social pressure falls that away? That social pressure after. falls away. And, and then it's like your life. Yeah, exactly. And I was very much still experiencing that sort of social pressure of like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? All that sort of stuff. Um, and so I was like so pressured. It was just like, man, like... I gotta. I want to try and come up with some great way of doing it. I want mm-hmm. it to be mine. I want it to be unique. I want to have a sense of ownership over it. Yeah, you, know? you want it to follow the wor- wor- the rules of uh, colontology. A little bit, yeah. But I really, I want it. I, I want it to be, you know, for lack of a better phrase, or without sounding egotistical, um, like I want it to be mine. I want it mm-hmm. to be something that's unique to 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 me and and to us. And so. I was doing this play. We were living in New York at the time. And I was thinking like, you know, so many people 
go and they ask, uh, you know, they ask a question at a specific location and then they go back to that location years later and like, oh, honey, this is a tree. Oh, they cut the tree down. It's horrible. Oh, my God, we're going to get a divorce. Oh, my God. what You know, all of that sort of stuff. And so I thought, all right, well, maybe what you do is you, you sort of, you, you try and find something uh, uh, that when you go back, it's going to be different every time. And so that's what makes it interesting. Hmm. It's not, let's go to a place and have it look like it does the day that we did that. Let's not do that. Let's do something where it's going to be different. And that's the, the fun part of it. So that, fi- you know, f- hopefully 50 years later, right. we can still go back to this place and it's going to be different from hopefully the 49 other times that we've gone. Right. But it's still exciting. So you proposed at ground zero. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm, mm, yes, ground zero of our marriage together. Uh, Before you tell me, uh, we're going to take a little break, a cliffhanger. Oh, and my we'll God, find cliffhanger. Out, yeah, we'll find dun, out how dun, Tom proposed. Dun, uh, hey, everybody, commercial time. Um, you know that music at the top of the show, that great, the great theme song, This Feels Terrible? A lot of people have been tweeting me and asking me who sings that song. Uh, that is the band The Fancy. They are the uh, feral audio house band. They're awesome. If you like that song, you will love their other songs on their albums. Uh, if you go to wearefancy.net, they have a new album called Don't Wait Up. And uh, they also have an EP called The Fancy EP, which I would also recommend. And uh, they're awesome. They also have a web series called Muscle Top, which is super funny. Uh, So check all those things out. Also, um, thank you. Continued thanks to everyone donating to the show. Um, Please continue to do that. And I will continue to send out gifts. If you donate $50 or more, I I make you a, a little package. And I send it to your to your home. And if you donate ten dollars or more, I mail you a postcard. So uh, everyone wins. It's a lot of fun. Just go to feralaudio.com and click on "This Feels Terrible," and then click on the donate button. And uh, ta-da! One of the seeming go-to <laughs> yeah, podcasts. Yeah. Have you uh, listened to my podcast? Or I have. Yeah. A- oh, thank you. No, I have. Which one did you listen to? Uh, I listened to the first two. So Dan and uh, Derek. Yes. Cool. And I think I don't know. I'm also sort of going on the assumption that it was. A, I think one of them was Adam and Eve. Well, Adam and Eve became our sponsor. Oh, uh, so they are. So funny that you mentioned that, Colin. Well, <laughs> you know, you are dealing with a professional who wears makeup. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I know how to set up a segue. Yeah. Or I mean, it wasn't even a plan. Well, I mean, are we going in? Truth are be we told. In or out? We're in. We're in, okay. We're in. We're full in. Um, Speaking of full in, adamandeve.com has (laughs) a number of great uh, adult merchandise. Oh, guess what? Uh, So so on (laughs) adamandeve.com, this is legit excitement. Legitimate excitement. If you don't know what legit is short for. It's Um, legit excitement. Adam and Eve uh, has these porn parodies on their website and oh, you've yeah. heard of porn parodies yeah yeah and I asked the listeners like if they could review some of them yes 
Yeah. So several people did. And then uh, in their emails, they like told me about them. And then at the end of their emails, they're like, can you please not mention my name or like what I said? (laughs) um, But thanks, guys. Are you going to read some of them? I can't. They told me they didn't want me to. Really? Yeah. But they sound awesome. Well, you can give the review. You just won't tell them who the reviewer is. Right? Right. I suppose I could do that. Though I... um, They would be cool with that. uh, Maybe. Well... They basically said, just don't use my name. Yeah. Yeah. So, reviewer X. Yeah. Reviewer triple X. Right? Says, the Uh, office porn parody is comedy and sexual perversity gold. <laughs> and then gives the review. Um, I'll here. We'll. I'll just. I'll just read a. Short, this one's not very long. Um, is it graphique though? That's what I want to know. Is it graphique? Yeah. Is it graphic? Oh, um, I haven't. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Um, but thank you for looking out for me. Hey, listen. <laughs> I just don't want the censors to bleep you. Um, so this is this is from a listener who is not um, is not in the United States, uh, but he has a friend. So like we he can't en- trust him. He encouraged, yeah. He encouraged a uh, he encouraged a friend who was in the U.S. to use my code word, which is terrible, to um, to buy some porn parodies. <laughs> I do love that. That's like the pattern. yeah. Terrible. Oh, and then bring back a DVD for his girlfriend and him. Uh, the only stipulation was that it had to be a porn parody. So I'll just I'll just read verbatim okay. what he said. Actually, do you want to read this? I already yeah I do. I already think it's bullshit. Really? I already think it's bullshit. It's like oh. hey, I'm asking for a friend. He said the da 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 da. So you can start at he decided. So we know okay. like his his friend who's in the U.S. is bringing back a porn parody for Adam and Eve because okay. he's a cool listener and wants to. Because I get some of that some of that sweet sweet cold cold hot cash. Yeah. <laughs> Cold, cold in your hand, hot in your wallet. Here we go. He decided. Can I read it like super pulpy? Yeah. Like it was like a... Please. You're a professional uh, theater actor. He decided, being a good friend, <laughs> to bring to bring home the Big Bang Theory parody, which, while I wasn't entirely disappointed with, found it as an amusing, as amusing and enjoyable... As the show itself. Bam. In your face, Big Bang Theory. The only person cast properly was Wallowitz, originally played by Simon Hilberg. But I will say that the girl playing Penny outpennied Penny and how she was originally written for the show. The jokes are just as much filler for the original show. But I was glad the whole thing started off with Penny being in a slutty Leia outfit and not slave Leia either. I think if given the choice next time, I might go for the Buffy DVD and hope it has a series of arching porn scenes that ultimately leads to great payoff and then a spinoff of an angel porn parody where similar (laughs) actors and actresses cross over midway through the porn parody and... And you go, yeah. <laughs> so that's where they went and did that thing. How cool is that? It must have been planned for the beginning. 
<laughs> and someone came in Buffy's hair. Awesome. Oh, I, I, that I'm I'm sorry. That's a pretty brilliant. Um, that's a pretty brilliant. Uh, uh, yeah. Review. Pretty good. Thank you, Colin. Uh, so for porns that make you go, yeah. Go to Adam and awesome how they did that thing with the deal. Yeah, and Colin, the deal is so good. So, so uh, enough about break. porn. Let's go back to my marriage proposal. <laughs> Talk about a good segue. Uh huh. Um, I'm um, sorry, not to be distracting. I'm going to take off my petticoat because it's very hot in here. It's not anything you hear very often. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be <laughs> distracting, I'm but I'm going to take off my petticoat. I'm wearing a fancy little dress. I'm here at this junction oh, right now, and I'm going to take off the petticoat. It's too. It's too warm for the petticoat. It is August in Los Angeles. I thought it was very sweet that you uh, you were wearing a petticoat, though. I thought that was nice. Yeah, well, I wanted to feel uh, I want to feel fancy. You can just fancy. Yeah, you got dressed up. You're supplying me with booze. It's <laughs> it's nice. It's a nice touch. Um, I treat these podcasts like balls. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like dance dance balls. Yes, yes. Dance balls like cotillions. Yes, yes. Like, like sweaty, because it's a, a sweaty hat. Where no one dances until they play OPP, and then you get on the <laughs> dance floor. That's... Sweaty Cotillion sounds like a high school punk band. Sweaty Cotillions is, yeah, that's a that's a great band name. Sweaty Cotillions. <laughs> sweaty Cotillions. <laughs> Mom, get out of here, we're rehearsing. Mom, what? get out. I'm learning all the chords. <laughs> Sweaty Cotillion's hit single. Uh, look on the door. My guide to Colontology is on the door. Mom, Colontology, <laughs> you start a band called Sweaty Cotillion's. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and solicit some Colontology fan art. So if you're listening and if you if you'd like to if Colant if there was a guide to Colontology, if if we could we're gonna have a contest. I'm yeah. starting a contest. The Colontology cover contest. Um Yes. The winner gets Colin Hanks coming to your house and him spitting in your mouth. If you win, Colin Hanks will spit in your mouth. Not really. That's not real. <laughs> uh, I I'm trying this. to decide if I'm down with that. <laughs> the winner... Uh, uh, Colin Tology, we don't know what the winner gets. Yeah, we don't know. You'll find out. See? That's You'll find out. Colin Tology yeah. in practice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I can't believe I told you about Colin Tall. So <laughs> love, it's the best thing ever. Oh, God. Well, because you know that this podcast, I mean, my main motivation is for you and your wife to come over and play games with me and Dan. Yes. And so, Which is going to happen. That will happen, Colin yeah, That will live, happen. Uh, you live around the uh, Around the, the bend. Yeah, around the bend. Around the bend. We'll have a sweaty cotillion. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. You come over and it's just super hot and I'm just taking off tons of petticoats. <laughs> so many petticoats. I didn't even know that that is what a petticoat is. Um, it's not actually a petticoat. I said that for, I said that for your benefit. Oh, okay. Um, it's a, uh, it's crinoline. It's a crinoline uh, underskirt. Okay. Yeah. That, let's stick with petticoat. <laughs> let's stick with petticoat junction. Though may, I don't know, maybe it's technically a petticoat. It looks like a dead animal right now on the, on the bench. <laughs> it's just like a dead, sweaty animal. Uh, so you are in New York. You're doing a hit play with Jane Fonda and Samantha Mathis. I don't know about hit play, but yeah, uh, I'm doing a play. and um, You're doing a very unpopular play. I don't know about unpopular. <laughs> you're but doing a play. I'm doing a play. 
And um, and uh, so what uh, the the idea I have is this: there is um, in between the matinee and evening performances, uh, I would normally go out and, and grab lunch and then come back and take a nap before the evening show. And um, what they do is they put up a lamp on the stage and they call it the ghost lamp. Mm -hmm. That's what it's called or the ghost light. And, uh, you know, the theater lore is that it keeps away the evil spirits. But really, it's just so that stupid people don't fall off the dark, fall off the stage. Great spooky voice. Thank you. Um, and so, uh, when we were doing, when, when the show opened, you know, my wife would go, Sam would come and, and she would go like, Oh, what's that? And I'd say like, Oh, it's a ghost lamp. Da, 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 da. And, um, and then I sort of got this feeling of like, Oh, well maybe what I'll do, because obviously I had to like get a ring and it was going to take a lot of time. And I said, maybe that's what I'll do. I will... Um, propose to her in between shows in front of the ghost lamp. So that way, every time we come back to New York, because at this point we had decided that we were moving back to Los Angeles. And every, every time we come back to New York, we can come see a show at this theater. And That's fun. that'll be, you know, the thing that, that we do. And every time it'll be different. It'll be a different show every time. Um, and so for weeks, seemingly, um, you know, she would come and I'd go like, Oh, here's a ghost lamp, da da da. And, uh, true to form, um, I come from the, 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 the comedy school of, um, of, uh, that joke is not dead. Just mm-hmm. beating a joke. Just really. Well, I know. I, I don't, as I am repeating the Colin Tolte thing <laughs> over and over again. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I beat, I, I beat that dead horse. Right. Um, Here's a question. I'd like mm. to bring it back to purpose of the podcast. Yeah. Are you one of those people that um, can have a relationship with uh, ex-boyfriends? Like, do you keep it on the... You keep it on the friendly tip? <laughs> uh, I, I, I do. I do for the most part. I'm friendly. I don't... I'm friendly with my ex-boyfriends. I don't... Um, I don't hang out with yeah. ex-boyfriends because I feel like it's That's a inappropriate. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, I only have, I only have one ex-boyfriend that I'm, I don't speak to, mm-hmm. uh, and vice versa. But it's also my most recent ex-boyfriend, so I think that's only healthy and, yeah. and natural. That makes sense. Yeah, but I'm definitely I'm not somebody who is like, ah, oh, yeah, we were engaged, uh, and now he spends a night at me and my boyfriend's house all the time. And yeah, yeah, that- yeah. I think that's a little. I like to keep it healthy. I also, I, I don't like keeping, as I mature, I don't keep men in the wings, which I think is something that yeah. uh, men and women alike do in their early 20s. Like yeah. have, especially women have, have like, a, like a team of uh, pitch hitters that are ready at any given moment to yeah. come in and just uh, and go for it. Really? That's sort of just like, I just need a, a just need someone to hit a home run right now. <laughs> just need them to hit a home run. Oh, they don't so have to like hearted. run yeah. fast or anything like that. Just, yeah. You did. I had a, my early twenties were, it was just like a revolving door of like, who's, who's next up to bat. of just yeah. like nice. And that's, that's bad. 
that's unhealthy. Yeah. That's a sign of insecurity, ladies. Ladies, if like you have a best friend who's like a handsome guy who's straight, who's always telling you how pretty you are and is wiping away your tears, he wants to sleep with you and yeah. your boyfriend hates him. And uh, be responsible with your feelings and you're treating yes. that guy badly yes. by keeping him at bay. Although when you said that, you said that's insecurity, lady. That's insecurity, ladies. And that sounded like the way you phrased it. It sounded. I didn't know that you were saying ladies like pay attention. That's insecurity. Uh huh. Period. Ladies. It sounded like you were saying that's insecurity, ladies. (laughs) That's the like the insecurity. Like a group of insecurity (laughs) ladies. Like (laughs) that's that's insecurity, ladies. ladies. There's a it's a race of women insecurity ladies. Exactly. You can tell like at the bottom of their tailbone they have like a sad face. Yeah. Those are insecurity ladies. Oh, those. Ah, the insecurity ladies of the Bahi Islands. Those are those old insecurity (laughs) ladies. They. We'll never learn. Yeah, it's uh, they're it's, so insecure. It's no good. But I think I think guys do that too. I um, well, maybe maybe you can speak on this. I know that there is a like when I was in college and high school, or like early college, mostly through high school and middle school, big tomboy and like like super not cute. And I had, like, there were these guys that would be, like, really handsome that would want to be friends with me because mm-hmm. I was, like, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they were doing the same thing with me. Not, And they never wanted to date with me mm-hmm. or, and were never sexually attracted to me but liked the attention because they knew that, like, they were making me feel special because they were handsome and they were reaching out to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've never talked about this or thought about it, really. That that kind of stuff is always, uh, yeah. That kind of stuff is always kind of weird because again, it's sort of, it just seems so grossly unfair to be able to be like, oh well, I'm just. It's like a it, it's it's another like stupid judgment that that people make, where it's like, oh, well, I'm gonna give this person my time to make them feel better. Like I don't I'm not even sure what it is. I don't even know. Yeah. Why you would like? I don't know. It sort of sort of feels like that's just like the most high school thing that you could possibly do. do you yeah. Know what I mean? um, well, you're insecure and you're you're not taking ownership of it because you don't really understand what it is yet. Yeah. You can't define it. Yeah. I there when I was in college, my freshman year of college, like in between my my senior year of high school, and my freshman year of college, I lost a bunch of weight and moved to San Francisco. And was like suddenly attractive and mm-hmm. cool and new city, new city, new shoes, yeah, new booze. <laughs> um, Had I, a lot of different kinds of booze. <laughs> that was when you discovered. And I was wearing them on my feet. It's <laughs> when you discovered Malibu and Cokes. Oh, yeah, it, it actually is when I started like drinking. That was such a goody two shoes throughout high school. Like the first time I had alcohol was when I was in college, and I went for it. I really committed to <laughs> to alcohol. Um, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, listeners, don't commit to alcohol. Are you ready to make a commitment to alcohol? <laughs> don't do it. Uh, so I, 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 there was this guy. Um, we'll call him. Uh, we'll call him Jack. Jack. We'll call him Jack. He was. Uh, he was on my floor in my in my college dorm and he was this like he was this nice guy I was also I was an art history and theater major and mm-hmm. so was he and we uh, we hung out and I could feel that he liked me mm-hmm. but 
just kind of kept him around because he was cool. Like I didn't, I didn't like him very much. I was still like had this really big crush on this guy that I had dated over the summer, and I used to like pull the worst shit with him. Like we, there would be nights when we would be hanging out, and I would say, "Okay, Jack." Uh, close your eyes and I would take his hand and I it would play the uh, guess the body part game and I, I think because I, I knew I was game, but tortur- I'm, all, I'm, in, I'm into it <laughs> just torturing him would just like take like I was 17 so I didn't fully understand what I was doing but I did I could feel like I knew that he liked me but like this power I had never felt before I never like felt a guy that was like really interested in me and I would take like have him close his eyes and I'd just take his hand and like put it on my waist and he'd be like oh, your stomach or I would like <laughs> <laughs> or I would put it like on the back of my neck. He'd be like, oh, the back of your neck. Or is it like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. And then I would, uh, we had co-ed, um, bathrooms. And when he was taking a shower, I would just like open the curtain and be like, ha! And he'd be like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You tortured this, this, this tortured young man. But the worst thing I did, this is awful. And I'm very, and this is a, a low point. I'm not proud of this. Um, I'm ash- you, you could say I was ashamed of this. I, I had this boyfriend uh, back at home that we, we had broken up when I went to college. He was my first boyfriend. And he like started calling me again. We broke up because I went away to college, mm-hmm. but I still liked him a lot. And I wanted to do a sexy photo shoot and like send him like black and white sexy pictures who better to take the pictures than good old Jack no yeah no (laughs) the worst why would you do that I'm sorry I don't mean to ask the super judgmental question on the thing that you're super ashamed of but why would you do that because I was a monster and I was like I like I I was I would have him turn towards the wall and then I was like wearing like cute little underwear like knee highs and then I'd be like all right turn around and he would take the picture and they'd be like go back turn back around like the the worst the worst I was like totally naked in this room with him and then one day he didn't come to um he didn't come to movement class mm-hmm. and uh someone told me that he had um he had a stroke in his in his face he had bell's palsy you know, oh. bell's palsy is it's like where you're oh my god this is all yeah very sad right now yeah i'm covering my face <laughs> yeah. that's how sad i am it's sorry terrible so i i saw him like at the dining hall a couple of days later and he couldn't when he would smile, he looked like Two-Face. He couldn't... Half of his face was frozen. The thing with Bell's palsy is that it can either fix itself in, like, two weeks or it's permanent. Like, there's no telling. Like, it's a, a nerve in your face has gone haywire. And so now, like, he can't smile. Like, half of his face is is numb. This is and, the thing that I've learned today about Bell's palsy. Yeah. And, like, when he... When that happened, I think, like, it was big turning point for him. And good for him. He just decided he would never talk to me again. And was just, like, I'm not... He literally never talked to me again. I found out through a friend that, like, he just... He didn't say anything mean about me. Like, after the photos, he said. After the photos. Like, when he... Yeah, he... I found out through a friend that, like, he didn't want to speak with me again. And my the friend who told me was, like, what did you do? And I was, like, I... I don't know. I, I treated him badly, I guess. And he never said an unkind word about me, but just like for himself was like, look, like new face, new life. I'm not going to deal with this 
person anymore and good good for him oh my god wow so donate to the bell's palsy foundation well you said new face new life i was going to say new booze he probably had a lot of booze afterwards he did maybe probably you did when you went to san francisco yeah that guy i um so i uh before before we uh, start recording today, I um, was was doing some googling, and I I saw that you did um, this movie called Homeland Security with uh, Antonio Banderas and Meg Ryan. Yes. Yeah. So I have. So my questions are: uh, <clears throat> I watched the trailer. It looks like a funny movie. By your reaction, I never saw the movie. Oh, really? I had a hard time on that one, so I chose not to watch it. Interesting. No. Well, you can ask me anything you want, though. It's, okay. It's okay. Fine. Fine. Yeah. Well, the Meg Ryan, like Meg Ryan, is one half of the like the couple that I think taught me how to love. The other half being your dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, taught me how to love. Well, I I never <laughs> learned to love. Well, uh. Y- Nora Ephron did it right, Joe versus Volcano. No, that was John Patrick Shanley. Okay. But she wrote, you've got mail, and she wrote uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Yes. Right. And she's, uh, she was amazing. Uh, That those movies, Sleepless in in Seattle and You've Got Mail, like, it's really shaped my, it was like before I had any romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. like, 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 the way that your that your dad's characters in those movies and then the way that like Meg Ryan is like the most lovable person in the world like a few lovable questions. neurotic yes yeah yes. yeah 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 but like that like that like her her neurotic care like her on screen persona I have no idea what she's like in real life that I'm sure made a lot of women like spill their purses on dates and uh, order very specifically. Yes. And yeah, when, when those you then you did a movie where Meg Ryan was playing your mom. mom. Yes. Like, what was that? Like? Well, the funny thing with that was, is that Antonio Banderas was in it and he played my father's gay lover. Oh, in Philadelphia. Of I didn't even make the connection. So there's two. Yeah, that was oh, the two what connections. What a weird there. experiment. <laughs> yeah, and Antonio actually on the 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 first day of filming, he gave me flowers, and then the card said, "Dear Colin, I was once your father's gay lover. I hope this will not come between us. <laughs> Love, Antonio." Um. Uh. Yeah. That. Uh, it didn't really sort of come. I mean, um, it wasn't really that big of a deal. It was sort of like uh, we laughed about it a few times. We we mentioned it <clears throat> sort of briefly in passing, mm-hmm. but um, uh, it wasn't really like a, we never really like addressed it. It wasn't necessarily like interesting this point that we sort of felt like we sort of had to talk about it was just sort of like at the very beginning it was just sort of like this is so funny like wow what a trip this is like um once again you know sort of you never know uh the kinds of things that you're gonna like find your the situations you're gonna find yourself in Mm -hmm. um years and years and years and years and years down the road um because when i first met her i was a 
I was a I was a kid. Yeah, like, I was a kid. Um, and so I think we just sort of like tripped out on that, and then we sort of went to work. Right. This sounds like the pat like no press junket answer, but it's that's like the truth because it really wasn't. Um, I don't know. It wasn't necessarily like lost on me, but it wasn't necessarily something that I wanted to right. think about too much. What is it like watching your dad play a romantic lead with like other women that aren't your mom when you're a kid? Uh, well, my parents were divorced when I was pretty young, so that doesn't really sort of or that aren't his like current that, yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Um, got, you know, it's been. So long now. I mean, he's been I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm it's coming up next for your dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's gonna do some crazy things that's gonna be seen on screens around the world. Um, hey, Tom Hanks' agent. Yeah. Uh, we need to talk about your, <laughs> the way that you're doing interviews. He is. I'm telling you, he's America's treasure. Um. No, uh, it's not that weird. Uh, he, uh, the, he, the, the, uh, uh, what I was going to say was that, um, he's been acting for so long that now it's not even, right. like, it's not weird. There was maybe was a period where it would have been sort of like strange, like, oh, here he is, like, doing all of these weird things, but it's never yeah. like. Was it weird playing him, like, speaking of Antonio Banderas, like, was that, was that strange? Like, seeing him, like, as part of a. A, a gay like a really intense like a gay, romantic like a gay couple um, I wasn't calling being gay intense but like no, no, in no, that no, movie no, no, that's no, a really no. intense I, I understand what you mean no I, I understand what you mean and, and I, I feel the same way that you do it's like I'm not saying like you mean a gay couple <laughs> like a couple of gays um, again you know from I don't know for me maybe it's just sort of I've like like a, a I've, maybe I've just like worked that muscle a lot now, but I just yeah. don't. It's not an issue for right. me. It's you not. You must it's have a lot of questions deal. for me because my dad's not a famous actor. You must wonder what that's like. I do. Where yeah. did you grow up? Um, <laughs> well, uh, I like like I pimped you into that, and then I was flattered that you just asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, all all over Navy kid, but my dad is a chaplain, so now he's a he's a preacher. Oh, okay, he's a retired preacher. Oh wow, or an active preacher, retired chaplain. So you sort of grew up all over the country, all over the world, all over the world. All born over in the world. born in Japan, born in Japan. Mm-hmm. Wow, lived in Italy, Hello, Texas, California. California. Yeah, Texas, <laughs> California, Florida, Florida. Yeah, I know my dad's retired in uh, North Carolina. So when you Charles McGathy, when you went to San Francisco, where were you coming from? San Diego. I went to high school in San Diego. San Diego. So okay. not not too far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you saw You've Got Mail and you saw your dad coming over the hill with um, what was his dog's name? I don't know. Bailey. That's the movie that I haven't seen. You haven't uh, well, seen. It? Uh, I, let me rephrase that. I haven't seen like multiple times. Uh, okay. I wasn't. I was. Um, you must have been in college. I, well, right? I was or, in college, but I was out of the country when he made that. So I don't really remember him making that. So Right. Um, I haven't seen that movie that many times. I think I've seen it like once. 
It's great. It, it's, it's like much ado about it's nothing. Worth uh, worth uh, reviewing for sure. Yeah, it's also great because it, so when uh, I was at, do you know the 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 rapper Dust Racist? Who yeah. that is? I randomly met him at a party on Saturday, and he was. Everybody was partying. Everybody was a little. Uh, he just had one had a few rapper drinks. named Das Racist, or is it the group? I think maybe there it's are two. A group? <laughs> I think it's a group. <laughs> I think it's a group. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how many there are. Pizza I know Hut that and Taco Bell song. That's all I know. Okay. Well, one. Of, I met one of the racists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I, I, don't, I don't remember which racist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was a nice guy. He was a nice racist. He was he was really nice. And he I don't know why he just he he like asked me out of nowhere like do you like romantic comedies? It was his lead in do you like romantic comedies? I was like, "Oh, yeah, I think now looking back, I think he was just trying to be fascinating because he's uh, a in racist. Das racist. Yeah. yeah, and he was he was like this tough looking guy, and he's like, I love romantic comedies, and I was like, Yeah, I um, yeah. It's like, yo, baby, yo, baby, you like, you like the Smurfs? <laughs> Do you like to laugh and fall in love? You like Do you to like laugh and fall in love? <laughs> Do you like witty banter back and forth <laughs> from a male to a female? Do you like papers crashing into each other and having to gather in, gather them? At a Do you like point? misconnections? <laughs> and films based on those missed connections. Um, I think it's time for a speed question round. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cue the speed question music. Get ready. All right. Uh, flowers or chocolates? Flowers. Have you been broken up with more or broken up more? Um. I probably have broken up more. Do you know how to fold a good paper airplane? I like to think so. Do you know where your daughter is right now? Yes, I do. What? <laughs> Just don't ask me where. <laughs> but uh, yes, I do. Uh, what? Uh, do you like socks? Do I like socks or yeah. stocks? Socks. Socks? Um, I'm. Yeah, I do. I can talk a lot about socks. You want me to talk about socks right no, now? No, speed run. Oh, okay. Pigtails or ponytail? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I dig all tails. <laughs> Soundbite. Uh, good at rapping? No. Good at rapping with a W? No, horrible. Uh, I always go either, I like to just go with aluminum foil. No. Cocktail of choice? Um, if I'm just going my hand dandy tried and true, it's vodka soda with lemon. Uh, have you ever said to somebody you're cruising for a bruising? Never really said that, no. Have you ever been slapped? Mm, no. Have you ever slapped? No. Never. <laughs> never raise your hand to a woman. Have you ever slapped a gentleman? Uh, no, I've never gotten in a fight. No. Do you... Except for the one time that I punched this one kid when I was a kid. But that was like... What was that over? I don't even know what it was about. It was something weird. It was some sort of weird thing. It was like, it's one of those things that I chalk up to like me being a kid and learning that I can't do this one thing because it's not right. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Regardless of whatever this person did to me. Mm -hmm. And I have no concept of what it is because my brain literally does not 
remember what that was, but I remember that thing being so bad right. that that's a verboten thing to do. I do remember that the next day he still gave me his Twinkie. So All right. obviously the friendship prevailed. Is that a euphemism? No, that is he actually gave me his Twinkie. All right. Post, uh, you know. What are you? What music are you listening to the most right now? Um, I sort of find myself listening to. Um, uh, I find myself listening to a lot of blues, a lot of jazz, a lot of stuff that I can have on in the background that uh, I can tune in and tune out whenever I want, and it's not. Um, uh, it's not just something like me going like, eh, "Give a shit." It's just like, "Oh yeah, that's good." Gotcha. What was the first band that you got really, really into? The first band that I got really, really into were the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And uh, finally, question we ask every time, are you cool in an elevator? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm so not cool in the elevator. What do you do in an elevator? At this point now, I just go, just look at the phone. <laughs> just look at the phone. Which everybody knows isn't working. Which everybody knows isn't working. So I'm just looking at stuff that I've already looked at before. Oh, man. Well, Colin, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me and supplying me with booze and getting stories out of me. Yeah, you're a delight. Thank you, everybody. Uh, that is This Feels Terrible. Um, this Feels Terrible Live is going to be September 30th at the UCB Theater in L.A., uh, that's Sunday, September 30th. Go to ucbtheater.com and uh, buy your tickets. It's going to be a great show. Lots of uh, great, great, wonderful guests. Also, you can follow me at Twitter, on Twitter, at Aaron McGathy, and follow Colin Hanks on Twitter, at Colin Hanks. And uh, believe in yourself.
dog fighting. I'm against it. I don't like it. I think it's bad. why you ride from the camaraderie of the other bikers a band of brothers always there for you rain or shine to the amazing savings you get with geico on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round but for bucky hornhill it was one reason in particular it was my helmet hair i was born with helmet hair i've tried to cut it a bunch of times even buzzing it but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair geico motorcycle 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more